Ray Purchase, John Slaughter, Bon Jovi, and Matt Paranormal. Starring in Eavesdropping. Eavesdropping. Hey, Michelle. Hey, 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 hey. How are you? <laughs> Hi, Jordy. I'm good, except I accidentally just set off my rape alarm oh. on my iPhone. Don't you hate it when that happens? <laughs> well, the thing is, I've got a brand new iPhone. Oh, one of those snazzy you. little 13 minis. Show off. I just put it in the vice-like grip of my iPhone holder thing and I must have pressed something seven times because it let off that yes it was about to call the police really it was that's what's going to happen yeah I hope everybody out there knows that by the way because I don't know if anyone remembers I had to almost use that when I was walking in the forest. Do you remember? Did I talk to, talk about this on the show? I can't remember. Yes, but I had a, a moment with a spooky man in, in a dark wood and I had my phone ready to press it seven times on the side. And I called my yes. husband and told him where I was and what was going on. Should I die? This is where I am. Well, I can vouch for the fact that it works. And oh, it, mine good. was accidental. So there, there you go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> oh, I I did not know that I said that until I listened back to the podcast. So there you go. <laughs> I've just been browsing, Michelle, browsing through the papers. Oh, so have I. Have you? There's been some crazy shit in the papers this week. There has. And do you know what? We love the Daily Star, don't we? Because it's always full of absolute utter shit. And I suspect and you agree that some of it's made up. Yep. Oh, yeah. Anyway, I saw this story in the Daily Star. And of course, at the moment, the front page of the Daily Star is absolutely ridiculous. And then it says, if you think the Prime Minister's having a weird time, check out this story. Oh, they always do that. So anyway, this story did catch my eye. And it was a picture of a really ugly doll with yellow eyes, a dirty dress, stuff all over it, looked nasty. And it said something like, my haunted doll cries tears of acid. So I read the story, Michelle. I read of course it. you would. Yeah, it was. And I've just read it just the, in the last five minutes, just while I was waiting for you to call me. It's a, a story about a ghost hunter called Matt Paranormal. How funny. <laughs> His name's Matt Paranormal and he's interested in ghost hunting. What are the chances of that? <laughs> right? I don't think that's a made-up name at all. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Paranormal saw a doll somewhere for sale and knew this backstory about behind it. It had been in a house fire in which the owners had died and this guy, this ghoulish guy, thought, oh, that is definitely something that's going to have some paranormal activity attached to it. He planned to put some some surveillance equipment inside it and, you know, sort of see if there was any attachment still or something weird going on, on to it. And, of course, you know, you always say, when you want something spooky to happen, it never does. Well, in this case, it did. Okay. <laughs> in the two years that Matt's had that doll, all sorts has happened. Mostly she sets herself on fire. What? Yeah, the doll sets itself on fire. She also cries acid tears. And Matt says, Matt Paranormal says, that means her owners haven't accepted that they're dead and it's demonic. Oh. So so now he has to keep her, keep her in a glass box and keep her under surveillance like 24 hours a day. Occasionally her dress gets a little bit singed, but mostly she behaves herself. I just think that sounds like absolute shit. Yes. Would you call bullshit on that? Yeah. Bullshit. I think, <laughs> I think that sounds like rubbish. My God. Yeah, wishful thinking. 
Yeah. Well, look, I've been reading lots of horrible things in the paper this week. Have First you? of all, Octomum is dead. Did oh, you read what? that? No. Yeah. She's dead. So, what about for anyone... the people who don't know what the hell Octomum is? <laughs> well, <laughs> she was this poor woman who, back, I think, in the 90s, she lived in Colorado. She gave birth to eight babies who all died. And oh, what? There were these horrific. Did they? Yeah, Octomum. I didn't know there they was, died. And those horrific photographs. Yeah, the horrific photographs of I eight men know. carrying these teeny tiny weeny white coffins. Oh, my God. Why did they die? Oh, they just didn't survive. I don't know. They all died within minutes of or hours of being born. Oh, Maybe that's there's awful. more than one Octomum. Maybe she's original no. Octomum. Maybe there's been Octomum was... 2.0. No. I always get... Really confused because I always get her confused with the woman that Mel Gibson had an affair with. Who was that? I don't know, but I thought they looked alike. Anyway, move on. Tell us about Octomum. Well, can I just tell you, we do mention Mel Gibson quite a lot in this podcast for some reason. Yeah, we do. He's an icon. He is an icon, <laughs> Aussie icon. But um, no, this Octomum, she was, yeah, American. And anyway... She had these eight babies, horrific pictures, um, all of them God. died. And then she went on to have just like two kids, I think. And yeah. she became the, a bit of the town character and she sort of regressed into this life of alcoholism. And oh. yeah, she died a really sad death and it's made news all over the world. Oh, I didn't so see that. Oh. Well, I, but do you know what else, Jordi? What else is? can you tell me? <laughs> It's the beginning of the Winter Olympics. Oh, yay. Because I love a bit of sport. Oh, do you know what? I love the Winter Olympics. Are you kidding me? The biathlon. Biathlon? Yeah, the biathlon. What are you even talking about? Well, they have to run in skis and then they do some shooting and it's like, it's really exciting. All I can think of is cool runnings. (laughs) (laughs) And Eddie... Eddie the Eagle. Really exciting. I really hope everybody is watching the Winter Olympics because I don't know a single person who actually watched the opening ceremony. And it's in China, of all places. But yes, uh, Sweden is doing very well and the gold medals. Well done. Congratulations. And of course, like the figure skating. Everybody loves a bit of figure skating, right? Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, that's that's uh, kind of brain dead telly, I suppose. Yeah, and also all of the snowboarding where they're doing the big air and everything. Oh, okay. It's really yeah. wonderful. Get yeah, maybe it. make some mulled wine and watch a couple of hours of that when I've got some free time. Well, speaking of mulled wine, that's exactly yeah. what I had along with more wine on the mountain just today. Oh. have to say I'm a little bit hammered. Sorry if it, to everybody who's listening. <laughs> and then I got on skis and I went down this red run and I there was this one moment where I just was a bit out of control. It was shocking. <gasps> Michelle, that's the equivalent of drink driving, Michelle. You mustn't do that. Very dangerous. Oh, but I oh had a helmet God. on. That's the equivalent of having a seatbelt. So, you know, it's all fine. Okay. I wanted to mention Euphoria. Mm. Have you started watching no, it? I haven't. Okay. I've been watching season two, Geordie. God, I get on that train. I'm obsessed with it. Obsessed. Obsessed with this character called Fezco, who's the like drug dealer with a heart of gold in it. Okay. I don't know why, but I just, I love him. I absolutely love him. He's just wonderful. And I love it even more because... He was basically street cast. He was just in a, like walking down some street in LA, oh. 
some lady, oh no, it, actually, I think it was in New York, you know, a woman jumps out, hey, do you want to audition for something? And he's like, what? I don't know. I'm not an actor. Got the role. Now he's oh. like, icon. Um, wow. And then there's this other girl in it called, uh, the character is called Cassie. She has massive tits and they're oh. always out. They're always out. I mean, okay. like, they're incredible. You can't take your eyes off off her and these enormous boobs. And she was in The Handmaid's Tale, which I know we talked about that last week. Yeah, I won't watch that. Yeah, we you know, all these things you're not watching. And because so I good. want to have a happy life, Michelle, and they're all miserable. Do you know what? If you watch this, if you watch Euphoria, you as a mother will be absolutely fucking terrified for your children. Well, then I won't watch it. Because I'm already terrified for them on a daily basis. That's just the state, general state of being when you're a parent. I mean, you know, because we had talked briefly about this where you were like, well, I don't know if I want to watch a teen drama. This is no teen drama. You know, it is lots of sex, drugs, yeah. loads of pills, penises everywhere, oh, trans God. kids, nudes, cam girls, mental health issues, body shaming, cutting, boobs everywhere. It sounds like my teenage years. I think I've been there, done that, and I don't really feel the need to go back. I'm quite happy in my suburban life now, Michelle, nice and safe and snuggled up in my recording studio. Well, you say that, but these kids in Euphoria, they're all upper middle class kids. These are not street kids. These are upper middle class kids with money and education. And that's what mm. I think is is terrifying about it. But it's fucking great. And oh, just I anyone who's watching wanna discuss with me or whatever, like I'm Please I'm get in touch because I'm I'm clearly not the person that Michelle needs to talk to right now. So no. somebody dial in and talk to Michelle for hours at length about euphoria. <laughs> about, about euphoria. She needs a chat a chat partner because I'm letting her down. Or Ozark, which you also haven't watched. I'm not watching and I that either. Mind blowing. Absolutely okay. mind blowing. And of course, The Apprentice, which you um, also don't watch. And I'm upset. That's that. my guilty pleasure. <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> I'm glad you've got so much time, Michelle, to watch all that TV. I don't. Well I don't. It's just that I haven't been sleeping well. And when I don't sleep, I get up and I watch shit. And then oh. <laughs> there you go. Then I don't sleep. So there you go. Anyway, anyway, anyway. So, Georgette, what, yes, are, what on earth are we talking about this week? Well, we've been keeping our topics a surprise from each other, haven't we? Which is a new way of working for us eavesdroppers. Yeah. And we have no theme. No <laughs> so. theme. But I wonder if we'll hit the, hit the mark. I wonder if your theme will relate to my theme. Do, mm-hmm. Should I tell you what my theme is? Should I start? Yes, please. I'm excited. Right. Well... A few episodes ago, Michelle, you brought up, in fact, it was just before Christmas, you brought it up because it was happening a lot, needle spiking. Oh, yeah. People oh. getting spiked in ne- in nightclubs with drugs mm. and then losing control of their limbs. It was being reported on social media and in the news. And even the politicians were getting up in arms about it. No one really knows why or how or what was going on. So I thought I'd look into it. Am I going to be terrified because, you know... No. Oh, good. Okay. Does this have a happy <laughs> ending? <laughs> no. No to both of those answers. Oh, okay. But I'll tell you a little bit about it because I was really fascinated with, one, if it happened at all. Two, how it happened. Three, why does it happen? But your first point, did it happen at all? What do you mean? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you. If you have ever been injected by anything, Michelle, you'll know that it... You feel it and you need to keep quite still for 
person that's injecting you to gain purchase. Not victim slamming here, but a lot of people may have been confused about what actually happened, is what I believe. Let me tell you the stories. Let me get into my story, okay? Okay. So normally... They use Rehypnol or GHB when they're drink spiking, don't they? These awful people. Think Michaela Cole's amazing TV show, I May Destroy You. That kind of thing. So people tend to use date rape drugs, don't they, in nightclubs and whatnot. And they come in a powder or a liquid form and they they have no taste or smell and they can just pop them in a drink. And then you can say to your pals, if you're a nasty person, you can say to to her pals or people in the nightclub, oh, yeah, we're just, we're going back to my house. This is my girlfriend. Or, oh, she's had too much to drink. I'm just going to go and see that she gets into a cab or whatever. And then you go and have your wicked way with her. And it does happen. There's a lot of, you know, reported and people have been, been able to prove that this has happened date rape is a thing but then in October last year in 2021 there was a lot of reports of needle spiking emerging online in social media like I just said countrywide protests were being organized by students and politicians alike were getting on board with it Priti Patel our home secretary here in the UK said it was likened to a terror incident it was that bad I mean that's that, that's a high, high stakes comment to make. Yeah, isn't but it, it was from Pretty Patel, so <laughs> I expect no less than extremes. Yeah, and people were being urged to boycott nightclubs until they took it more seriously. And then I read some articles. This one's from Cosmopolitan. It's about a girl called Shan who was out celebrating with on her 19th birthday with friends at a Nottingham nightclub. During the evening, she felt a scratch as if someone had brushed against her back, which she assumed was someone's rucksack or a bag or something. And then she recalls leaving the club, but she had no control over her limbs and she was unable to walk. She was with her friends and she said she felt trapped inside her body with a pain in her back that was both sharp and burning. And she thinks it must have happened about 30 minutes after feeling that scratch, but she couldn't express it or control anything and she kept passing out. So her friends had told her later that during the evening there were two boys that were harassing Sean and she remembers saying that one of them had made her feel uneasy. So her friends had pulled her away, but that is the last thing that Sean remembers. So her friends then got her into A&E in a taxi and whilst there, the doctors told Sean, I guess she must have come around a bit more, I mean, I don't know timelines here, uh, that they don't know how to handle the situation because it was new to them. So they just followed guidance for a drug user who had um, been injecting with dirty needles. So that meant Sean had to get a hepatitis vaccine four times to ensure she didn't get hepatitis C. And later she had to have screenings for HIV. Oh, my God. That poor girl. So a few weeks after the attack, Sean shared images of her back with a red pin prick at the centre. Now... There's a professor called Adam Winstock. This is from a BBC News article. He's a trained consultant psychiatrist from the Global Drugs Survey. And he told the BBC that needles have to be inserted with a level of care. And whilst you've got the patient sitting in front of you with skin exposed and no clothes on, that's usually the optimal way of of injecting someone if you were trying to inject a drug into them, for example. The idea that these things can be given randomly through clothes in a nightclub just isn't very likely in that scenario. That's what he's saying. He's saying it would be difficult to keep a needle in someone's skin long enough to get all of the substance in. And normally you'd have to inject several milliliters and that's half a half a teaspoon full of a drug into somebody. That hurts and people notice. Yeah. That's what he says. He says that alcohol is by far and away the most used drug in spiking. 
when people slip extra or stronger alcohol into someone's drink. Okay. Then there's this guy called John Slaughter, who's a senior forensic toxicologist at Analytical Services International, which is a place that provides toxicological services, including things for like forensic toxicology and things like that. So many big words, but it's really hard. <laughs> John Slaughter was reported as saying, it's a great name, isn't it? He should be on Toast of Tinseltown. <laughs> or Ray Purchase, John Slaughter, Bon Jovi. He's a killer. John Slaughter is a killer. That's a killer's name. And Matt Paranormal. Exactly. Oh, starring in <laughs> Eavesdropping. Uh, this Slaughter man, he said <laughs> that the recent cases were the first time he had ever heard reports of needles being used in spiking cases. And he agreed that while it was certainly plausible that a single attacker or a very small number of attackers could have attempted to use needles to spike victims in bars and nightclubs, it's unlikely, Michelle, that perpetrators could replicate this method on a wider scale. That is John Slaughter's thoughts. He also goes on to say, if someone is jabbed with a syringe, then their reflex action is going to be to move away within a second or two, right? Okay. Feel a pinprick, you're going to, oh, what's that? The opportunity for someone to actually inject enough drug from that syringe to have the effect, I would think, this is John's words, Mr. Slaughter to you, Michelle, (laughs) is fairly low. I'm not saying it's absolutely impossible. I'm just saying, in my opinion, it's unlikely. We go on to say it doesn't mean that people aren't being deliberately jabbed by sharp objects on a night out. But I do see their point because, you know, there was a time when I was having to inject b12 which is why i had that syringe in the in the social media posts you have to be still you have to know what you're doing with a syringe and yeah it takes it takes time although i mean i remember seeing i think it was evil dead where they just stabbed somebody with a i mean you always see people just stabbing someone with a syringe especially with novocaine when you're trying to like bring someone back from the brink of an overdose a drug overdose and there is no care taken it's just boom bam needle whacked in so I think if you're sitting if you're standing in a crowded bar jostling about mm. and somebody's trying to inject you 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 wouldn't be keeping still at all it would be very very difficult is the point what I'm saying is you can you can inject somebody with care or you can just go fucking whammo bam yeah but they'll know they'll know they'll feel that that's like an assault so but the thing is I have they had too much to drink yeah are they confused yeah. and then the other question is Michelle why 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 are they doing it? Sex. Sex. It's not for sex because they just let them go off with their friends. None of these people have then woken up. Have been day praised. Yeah, okay. What? Day, they weren't date raped. What did I say? I thought you said date rate. <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> Around the same time as the all of these reports coming out about people getting needle spikes, there was rumours also that the victims of these needle injuries had later contracted HIV. But what's the truth of it, Michelle? Is it public information or is it scaremongering? Don't forget, we had just been released from two years of pandemic times. And a lot of those people, you know, they were brand new to university. They had turned 18 in the pandemic times. They hadn't been out drinking much. It's, It's a new level of fear. And it's also... It's the unknown. I'm not trying to victim blame here. Let me just make that very clear. But I wanted to look deeper into it to find out more about it. And that took me very, very far back, Michelle, to 1788. What? 
there was something called the London Monster, and that was the name of an alleged attacker of women in London between 1788 and 1790. I don't think this particular gruesome character has had much traction in the press because this is the first time I've heard of him. You've never heard of him. Okay, well, let me tell you a little bit about him, not too much. He had a signature behaviour of something called peakerism, which is spelt P-I-Q-U-E-R-I-S-M. Peakerism, not pika, like when you eat clay, but peakerism, which means pricking or stabbing of victims with a knife, pin or needle. Right. Mm. According to the victims, most of whom were on the wealthier side, it would occur after a large man had followed them in the street, shouted obscenities at them and then stabbed them in the buttocks. That's right, buttocks. (laughs) I said buttocks. Bum. Bum hole. Some are claimed, (laughs) not bum hole. (laughs) Can you imagine that? Right in the bubble. Straight up the bubble. No. Oh my God. Some claimed an attacker had knives fastened to his knees. I mean, that's almost in the realms of fantasy now, isn't it? But I, I have a feeling it's almost like hysteria. Other reports were that the stabber was inviting prospective victims to smell a fake nosegay. (laughs) <laughs> which is a small posy of flowers, I'm assuming, and then stab them in the face with a spike hiding inside. Stab oh in your God. face. Hey, have I... a smell of my p- nose gay. All right, what is that? Oh, you've just spiked me in the nose. That's no fun, is it? Put you right off sniffing the flowers. Oh, well, I just have this image of, um, do you remember Edward Scissorhands? Yes. I just kept thinking of Edward Penis Hands. Because what? I don't know because you were just talking You're about obsessed. like having no but uh, <laughs> razors on on his hands or something. I don't know why I just got that image. But why anyway. penis? Why did you have to say penis? I don't know because I guess I just it was such a folkloric pretend porno back in the day. Oh, there's actually something called that Edward Penis Hands. Oh, yes. I didn't know. I thought you were making something up. No, it was a porno that they made of of Edward Scissorhands, but he was a man with penises instead of fingers. Oh, and God. he was dead with penis hands. Why do I even know this? Why are we because talking about Because you spend this? a lot so of time sorry. watching porn, I think. That's why. For research reasons. No? This was an 80s phenomena. Oh. All the kids were talking about it. You know, Not this anyway. kid. Not this kid. Anyway, in all of the cases, the assailant would escape before police got there. Ooh, mysterious man disappeared. Some women were found with their clothes cut and others had more substantial wounds. In the two years that the London monster was rife, the number of reported victims amounted to more than 50. Then, in Paris, in the year 1819... Between August and December, almost 400 women and a few men reported being pricked while in the in a public space by a stylus, which I can only imagine is like the thing that you put on a record player, stylus. Yes, that's what yeah. I would imagine, mm. yeah. Well, I mean, which is still a needle. It's just yeah. a record needle. Stylus. Yeah. A stylus, a needle, a spiked punch, like I said before, <gasps> with a nosegay, or a cane <laughs> with fitted with a spike. Oh, it's all very James Bond. That was happening to a huge amount of people in Paris. The victims were mostly girls and the attacker would draw blood by pricking their buttocks and thighs and sometimes their breasts, hands or arms. And the story spread like wildfire and became quite outrageous and folkloric. Now, the fact that he's aiming for all those parts, peakerism is a 
paraphi- paraphilia, is that the word? It's a sexual deviant, deviancy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now it's making a bit of sense. Yeah. Naughty, naughty, sex, sexy person. Yes, he, he gets his kicks from cutting and, and uh, poking. In 2015... <laughs> In 2015, there was known to be an injection psycho in Andhra Pradesh, that's in India. Police were searching for an unidentified syringe-wielding man who is said to have assaulted at least nine women and the youngest victim was only two years old. And I say victim, she'd been poked by, you know, I don't know exactly what happened. Mm. So what's what's with the poking? What's with the, with the paraphilia? It's also a form of sadism as well. I guess that's sexual, isn't it? There are serial killers who are known to have it. Have you heard of the butcher of Rostov, the the Russian serial killer Andrei Chikatilo? Don't look into it, Michelle. It's scary stuff. He had issues with erectile dysfunction and went on to sexually assault, murder and mutilate at least 52 women and children between 1978 and 1990. And he apparently had this paraphilia of picarism. Then there was the famous... Serial killer Albert Fish. Have you heard any podcasts where they talk about him? Fascinating and gruesome. Well, a lot of murders. I'm not going to go into it. But he also would stick needles in his groin and abdomen in addition to all the nasty murders. And it was decided also, Michelle, that Jack the Ripper's murders were the result of picarism. But probably due to the what he did to the bodies. Right. Grim stuff. So it's all this picarism in... in Different forms. Exactly. Then there was a bloke called Frank Ranieri. No. No relation to Keith. I don't think so. Who was arrested in June 2007 for bribing multiple young females with large sums of money in exchange for poking their buttocks with sharp objects. Oh. For fun. But do you know what? If you're a sex worker and you... Would you want to be poked? Not really. With a sharp object? You don't know what's on the end of that. And you're kind of opening yourself up to the possibility of being injected by something. Because then, Michelle, in the 1930s, there were the white slavers known as needlemen who would reportedly inject unsuspecting young girls with morphine before abducting them into into life as a sex worker. Oh, my God. I know. I'm also shocked that you just said poked and open yourself up to... In relation to sex workers, it's like grim language here. Soz. There's more. In 1989, 10 teenage girls were arrested and later charged with stabbing numerous women with pins in the Upper West Side area of New York City. And this was during the height of the 80s AIDS crisis. So everybody thought that they were trying to infect them with, with blood. The girls were all aged between the ages of 13 and 15 and they were all of African-American heritage and they said they just did it for fun. They chose white women as targets because the girls believed they would be too intimidated to fight back or to confront them. And they said they they thought it was just fun to run down Broadway and stick white women with pins to see what, you know, see their faces, see their reaction. That was all it was. I kind of get this in a way because, you know, maybe they were just kids from you know, with troubled backgrounds and they just were acting out. Like, you know, maybe boys beat kids up and the hysteria of the time, these girls just decided they were going to prick people. Maybe. Who knows? I'm not saying it's a great thing. It's kind of shit, but yeah. yeah. 
There was one case, at least, that I know about, that I looked into, where someone was infected with HIV in a needle attack. And that Mm -hmm. was at Long Bay Jail in Sydney in 1990. You may have heard about this, I don't know, but there was a prison officer called Jeffrey Pierce who was attacked by an HIV-infected prisoner called Graham Farlow. And he stabbed him with a syringe full of his own blood. It's so unlikely, Michelle, that you could be infected in this way. There's a one in 200 chance. Plus, Jeffrey Pierce had immediate medical attention, yet he still tested positive for the disease. And because because of the times... He died of an age-related illness in 1997, aged 28. Oh, God, that is so horrific. That poor man. I know, yeah. So attacks on strangers are rare, but they do happen. And then I found this interesting story, which isn't about pinpricks at all, but it was quite fascinating. In April 2016, a girl called Perry Roach got on a bus in the Sydney Beach suburbs. She sat down on the last window seat on the left-hand side of the bus, Directly behind her on the back seat was a man and a woman, and the woman was sitting in the, in the man's lap, right? They're troublesome, troublesome. After a few stops, um, there was another man got on in a suit and sat down next to Perry, and he was reading a brochure on bicycle tours in regional Australia. So the man behind Perry, with the lady on his lap, then tapped the man in the suit who was sitting next to Perry on the shoulder, and he asked if he could read the bicycle brochure when he was finished with it. And the guy looked up and said, uh, no. then perry heard a faint snip shortly followed by another and she thought nothing of this until she went to run her fingers through her long dark hair and a large chunk of it fell into her lap (gasps) no my god she was looking at this chunk of hair and she couldn't work out where it had come from until she realized that it's been cleanly cut through So she absolutely lost it. You can imagine. She was hyperventilating. She was going nuts. The the suit man next to her glanced at her for a moment before, intently looking back at his magazine. And then Perry swung around to confront the couple behind her. She said, did you just cut my hair? And the man smirked and said no. And his girlfriend, who was sucking her thumb, was like giggling into her fist. And then poor Perry just really just was going nuts, crying. Then this couple jumped off the bus, but someone must have told the driver what happened. So he pulled the bus over, opened the doors, ran off after this couple. And when they noticed they were being chased by the bus driver, they just hailed a cab and escaped. But a month later, a detective called to inform Perry that this guy had eventually been arrested and was being charged with assault. And he pleaded guilty and was sentenced to counselling and community service. But getting back to needle spiking, because that's where we started. I'll finish there. A friend of mine, when I was talking to her about it last night, she said it had happened to four people in Ipswich clubs in late 2021 and one victim was a male. So I looked into that one as well Yeah. on the BBC News website and each time they were there with friends or they were taken to a medical room in a club once they'd lost control of limbs, etc. So again, what, what was the point of this needle sticking in- injury if it wasn't for robbery or sexual assault? Yeah. There's a, a woman called Torin... Govind, who's a pharmacist and chair of the Royal Pharmaceutical Society. And she says that if you think you have been needle stabbed, then she encourages you to immediately get it to bleed, like squeeze the, squeeze it, whatever, hold it underwater, wash the wound, and then try and get somewhere safe like a hospital or a pharmacy where there's a healthcare professional. Then there's a woman called Dr. Shirin Lakan, who is a cosmetic doctor and she specializes in women's health. And she says that some needles are so thin that you don't feel them going in. And if someone's had a drink, 
they might be less inclined to feel the scratch of a needle. So Dr. Lakani has also previously worked as a GP and anaesthetist, and she points out that people without medical expertise, like your dear self, Michelle, with your vitamin B injections, can learn to do it themselves, same as diabetics can. So yeah. it's very easy. You can grab a needle from anywhere. And then a GP called Dr. Veena Babu said, if someone has access to needles and syringes, they can get into a, and they can get into a club. She doesn't see why they wouldn't be able to impact or hurt somebody in that way. So she can appreciate that opinion might be split on this. But if there are women reporting it and they felt dizzy and they've collapsed and they've noticed bruise marks, then we have to respect what they're saying. Okay. So can I ask, in your research, did you find any doctor reports um, where they talked about the needle area, like the area that had been spiked and whether or not they could confirm. So there have been no confirmations. I found a lot of very unhappy people feeling victim blamed, feeling like they were not being taken seriously, feeling like they'd stumbled in out of control, saying they'd been spiked, but actually people just thought they were drunk. And or, or they'd come in and they'd said, oh, it's too late for us to test your bloods now. It's too late. You know, go home. Forget about it. Yeah, like I said before, it was over a period of time when a lot of people who had just turned 18 during the pandemic were just out of lockdown for the first time. People were going a little bit, you know, not crazy, but just having some good times, letting their hair down. But they do say that if you don't get to a doctor within 72 hours, it can't be tested. So the medics are still in the dark. They couldn't find anything to prove. It's it's interesting because just my very limited knowledge and experience with, you know, needles, it can go one of two ways. If it's a very controlled and easy injection, the site will be absolutely perfect. You can't even yeah. see that there has been a needle inserted into the skin. You yeah. feel it, but you can't see it. If something goes a bit wrong... You have a big motherfucking bruise for days mm. around the mm. injection site. So, you know, if they're in a club, they're moving, I would say this is not a controlled situation and there would be some kind of bruising or evidence of a needle in- injecting. There was. You would see it. You would see it on social media. But unfortunately, they weren't being taken seriously enough to look deeper into it. So therefore, that well, there was 300 cases, Michelle, almost 300, not necessarily 300, but up to 300 cases in the UK that police have confirmed reports of women being or people being jabbed not necessarily spiked with a needle and that was no arrests but they did arrest in south in sussex there was one reported that there was an arrest and that was a 28 year old man from hove on suspicion of needle sticking on october 31st 2021 and they're still awaiting the toxicology i couldn't find any follow-ons from that so possibly it just went away or that's halloween yeah, I know. And I'm wondering if people are just sticking you with drawing pins and maybe you're spiked with a drink or I don't know. Yeah, but no police know. force confirmed a case where someone has been injected with drugs intended to spike them and no one has been charged with an offence related to needle spiking. And none of the reports had involved a secondary offence, like I said before, such as robbery or sexual assault. So, guys, relax. Obviously, be careful. But the chances of a needle attack is highly unlikely. And even if you were infected with a bloodborne disease, the progression in medicine means that treatment would be successful. So I just think take take care. Obviously, it's a big, bad world out there. Keep yourself safe. But don't accept drinks from strangers. Keep your wits about you. 
if you're going to write yourself off, make sure you're with somebody that you trust who will look after yeah. you. It's a funny old business because you you don't want to believe that this is a case of mass hysteria, especially about something as serious as yeah. spiking. And equally, you don't want these women to feel unheard. Yeah. And you don't want them to feel like that something awful clearly has happened to people. Yeah. But yeah, what is it? What is the truth, really? Is it peakerism? Is it people just having a laugh? I mean, because obviously they're not then taking control of the situation of their victim, if you like, mm. and, and swooping in. It's mm. just, it seems like it's just for laughs, like those teenage girls in New York City who just thought it'd be fun to stick pins in people. Yeah, gee, really fucking funny. Like, <laughs> it's just, <laughs> I I don't know. I just I just feel like, where's where's the line here? Because are they being spiked? I just kind of want to believe that they are. I don't want to believe that it's just but that's terrifying. For laughs. I don't know. I mean, it, it'd be better if it was just for kicks, but I don't know where I stand on this. So let's just let it settle in, Michelle. Let that settle in and people can write in if they like, but just understand that I'm not victim blaming at all yeah. and uh, just wanted to look deeper into it. And it was really interesting to hear about fakerism. Real life. Real life. True crime. True kind of went down a a wormhole of of something we discussed in a previous episode because I was thinking about eavesdropping and being eavesdropped on and I had talked to you before about privacy and how without us even realizing it we no longer really have any privacy and that this has all happened without our consent and what I mean by this is that I'm sure we've all had a little scary light bulb moment where we realise we've been on the phone chatting to someone about some random shit. You talk about pissing your pants and then suddenly you've got bladder control pant ads popping up on your Instagram feed. That old chestnut. That's exactly fucking what I'm talking about because that happened to you. It didn't happen to me. (laughs) Yes, I did do that to a friend and it did pop up. I talked about bladder control and bladder control pants came up in her Instagram feed. <laughs> and this is exactly what I'm talking about because you know how I just talked before about like the Dr. Death episode yeah. and I was holding a syringe. What happened? Well, I was talking to a friend about, oh, the syringe. And then really almost immediately I started getting medical supplies <laughs> with syringes, <laughs> like ads, ads for medical supplies. And I was like, fucking hell. Wow. Facebook. How? How? And I've been saying this for years. We are being listened to. We are definitely being monitored because I hadn't searched online for syringes. I hadn't accepted any cookies. And the only time, you know, syringes had been mentioned were either talking on the phone or just talking. Talking with my phone in the vicinity. And, you know, this is private chatting, private texts. And yet, what is up with this? Same with you. You know, you were having a private conversation about bladder control. With the phone in the room, though, just as an experiment to see if it would work. And it did. Yeah. And the thing is, we laugh about it. But actually, this is a really deep issue. And it's, it's one that I'm really scared about and honestly I've tried to have this conversation with people where 
I try to explain that just because I have a phone, that does not mean that I ever gave permission to be listened in on. You know, I never gave my consent for my private conversations to be used as a tool for marketing, for for companies to be sold that my keywords and then be marketed to, you know, I never signed up for that and nobody fucking signed up for that. And yet it is happening to all of us. And the thing is that no one actually seems to care that much. In fact, I was talking to one friend and she's like, oh my God, Michelle, you just sound like an old person Ah. because no one these days expects privacy. It's so outdated. Oh, privacy is the old hat. (laughs) It's so last century. And I just thought, what the fuck? Like, I think think it's the most terrifying breach of personal freedom. I'm not terribly bothered by it though. Exactly. I just think, well, I might use that to my advantage. I might talk about the best collagen supplements that I can find and then maybe instead of me searching for them they'll just come to me that's a very small convenience for a massive loss of personal rights how is it affecting your rights though basically we are all under surveillance and what I mean by that is we've never been more monitored in terms of CCTV right Mm -hmm. it's everywhere so everything we do is kind of captured on some kind of CCTV somewhere. And we never signed up for that. No one ever agreed to that. They, they say they put it in for our safety. safety. Yeah. But, it's, but they said that about COVID too. And, you know, like, yes, but it's also taking away your personal freedoms in many ways that you have to have a vaccine in order to do things. I'm not anti with the with the CCTV because if you're just going about your business walking down the street, if you're in public, you're not in private. You're not in private. Those cameras aren't trained on your bathroom where you you know you expect privacy you go to certain rooms in your house for privacy you don't walk down the street or you don't walk down oxford street and expect privacy and if you're mugged in oxford street then you're happy that you've got cctv on you so you can catch the guy or the girl what i'm saying is were we ever asked were we ever asked hands up community who wants surveillance on our streets Okay, well, you would have been somebody who said yes, but you were never asked. Well, no, because I was too young when they rolled it out. But was anybody asked? I don't know. Did you find out if they were? I don't think there was ever a referendum. Was there ever a referendum where people were asked? I mean, they were asked whether or not they want to be in the European Union, but nobody was ever asked. I don't asked. think this is a, a big enough issue. Those things cost money. Yeah, but it's a personal freedom. That's a personal right that's being taken away. Okay. That's just, that's a broader thing. What I want to talk about more is this idea of our phones listening to us. And I feel really stupid because I have a Gmail account. I basically gave Google access to every single interaction I've ever had over email for a free email account. What a dick. For me, this is what I mean. Like, I feel really scared by the fact that we have lost every single shred of privacy but most people I talk to are like you they're like who cares well obviously I do care to a certain degree if I'm being uh, listened to by my phone but I have the choice to turn that phone off it's because of the convenience that I've chosen to have it on all the time and have the devices that I've got in my life 
Well, that is a very interesting point that you raised because even if you turn your phone off, you are still being monitored. By the phone? How? Yep. Because you are still being surveyed. Surveyed? Surveyed. 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 Because even if you turn your phone off, that your phone company still knows exactly where you are. So it doesn't matter. There is still a level of surveillance. Unless you have your phone with you. You, didn't, you did see Line of Duty with uh, Ros Huntley when she got her arm cut off and she left her phone at home, didn't she? And no one could prove where she was. So you have options. Yes, you do. But it's really interesting. I, I watched this Russell Brand video on YouTube because I thought, I bet you he's got something to say about all of this. And there was a video where he was talking to Edward Snowden. He's that computer guy who leaked classified documents from National Security Agency that proved that America was spying on all of us. Global surveillance programs everywhere. Governments in Europe were in on it. Governments all around the world. So, you know, if anyone knows about erosion of privacy, it's this guy. And he was on Russell Brand's YouTube. And maybe, I know that you signed up to him, so maybe you did listen to this one on Under the Skin or whatever it is. So you've probably heard, like, the arguments. Russell basically poses this question, which is, it's privacy now against the law. And what he meant by that was, you kind of have to now behave like a criminal to get privacy like you have to almost act like a mafia boss mm. or a drug dealer to be able to get privacy I know what you mean yeah yeah so you have to be really scurrilous and kind of like hide your phone and get a burner yeah you have to buy a phone in a fake name buy a burner phone never turn it on never go online if you want privacy and look there's this part in the video where Russell asks Edward well, he says he was going to ask him like for five top tips on how to protect yourself yeah. against invasion of privacy. But he didn't have to ask the question because Edward was like, do I have an iPhone or no. an Android? No. We are being so fucking tracked every second of the day. And he says he tries to limit the reach of the surveillance systems that they have on his life. And there are no tips because the tip is don't have a phone. Don't use Facebook. Don't go online. And he has to live in Russia in exile. He's living in an undisclosed place in Russia in exile because he will be arrested and imprisoned as a traitor in the United States because they believe him to be a traitor. Yeah. Because he was a whistleblower on it. As far as the American government are concerned, he is a criminal. So that's why he has to behave like a criminal because he needs to keep his family safe. He needs to keep his whereabouts a secret. You don't. No, but also, you know, I... I get what he's saying. If you want to have any level of privacy, you can't have a phone, is what he's saying. You can't have a phone. That's basically the top tip. You're right. Like, he's in Russia and they're protecting him. And and I feel really sorry for him because, you know, half the people think he's a hero and half the people think he's a traitor. So he's he's kind of fucked. Unless you go all Amish and off-grid or go live in a cave. Even then, Michelle, they'll have, you know, there's still satellites in the sky that can see you. And there's drones. They're the ones I don't like. I don't mind a CCTV, but I do mind a flying CCTV, a.k.a. drone. I don't like that at all. That, That, to me, is a massive invasion of my privacy. There's Google, there's Google Earth, there's Google Maps. You know, there's not a single millimetre of this planet that hasn't been 
looked at, you know. So privacy just doesn't exist. And we're all plugged in. We're all reliant on our phones and our computers. And, you know, the whole world runs on the internet. So we're kind of fucked. Edward Snowden says the only thing we can do is to minimise our connection to it all. Uh And then Russell kind of gets a bit deep and he's like talking about how we live in a society where, you know, government is all about control. And of course, we have seen that with COVID because we have all been controlled for the last two years, you know, in in a particular way. But, you know, he says we really basically have zero freedom. All we have is the illusion of freedom. Matrix. Yeah, I mean, I kind of get what he means because, you know, we think we're free, but actually we're all being watched. We're all being monitored because there's this thing in the UK, and I didn't know about this. It's called the Investigatory Powers Act, which is also known as the Snoopers Charter. This allows the state, right, so the UK, to collect information about everything we do and say online. They've ordered private companies to store this. And this charter grants those authorities wide-ranging powers to gather up and store all of our emails, our texts, our calls, our location data, and our internet history. And we were never asked if this was okay, ever. They, They ask, you know, like I said, you want to leave the EU? Here you go. Oh, can we keep every single personal bit of information on you and not ask you? Yeah. Not gonna we're just not gonna mention that. So Yeah, that's not you good. know, it's it's terrifying. And they see everything because they're storing also your ISP browser history. So the government knows exactly what you're looking at, what you're buying, what you're reading, what you're interested in. It's all there. And they call it bulk collection, which they reckon it's a technicality. They say it's not the same as mass surveillance. But I'm calling bullshit on that because it fucking is. They are surveilling everything we do. They're listening to us right now because we've got our well, phones Well, let's bloody here. hope so, Michelle, because we want people to eavesdrop on us. We're inviting <laughs> people to eavesdrop on us. Bring it on. All your apps are storing information mm-hmm. on you. They're tracking everything. So all your apps on your phone, everything we do, even your calculator apparently is collecting data on you. Every single so thing. So they know how often I need to write in the word boobless on my calculator because it's fun. <laughs> five, five, seven, three, eight, zero, zero, eight. <laughs> Upside down. Spells boobless. <laughs> Look, maybe I do sound like an old person because you don't seem to care about this lack of privacy. It keeps me awake Well, when you put it like that, Michelle, wouldn't keep me awake because there are other things that do keep me awake. But that is definitely something to be concerned about. And you're right. The illusion of freedom is very much present. I agree with you 100%. And yes, we should be more up in arms about it. But do we want to lose that convenience of having our little computer in our pocket and our little, you know, Readly subscription there and our Spotify music and all of the apps that we've come to lean on so heavily in this in this day and age? Well, no, nobody does because people just think, oh, I just, I just want this lovely, easy little phone that does everything around with me. Nobody wants to give that yeah. up. But I think... There are things that we can do to limit the way we use our phones and and maybe become less reliant on them. You know, part of me feels like I just want to go off grid and get 
fucking little flip phone, you know, like an 80s Nokia. I cannot imagine you without an internet connection, Michelle. I just well, can't. Well, that's it. I, can't, I mean, the whole world runs on the internet. My job, I can't do my job without the internet. And so we have all become so enmeshed in the way that the internet has infiltrated every single part of our lives. You can't even board a plane these days without having like the pass on your phone, you know, like it's like everything is on your phone. Do you know what? We went to a restaurant last night, Korean restaurant, and we had to use our phones to get the QR code for the menu. I didn't, I didn't like that. I don't know. I don't know what the upshot of this is more than, I guess we have to make decisions about what comes next because I feel if we keep going the way we're going and just hoping for the best, that we're somehow going to get our privacy back. It's never going to fucking happen no. because I just feel like it is just going to get more and more intrusive and invasive. To do something about it is hard and we want easy. Our phones mm. make life easy. To not have that is hard and it's kind of a mind fuck. So, yeah, I, I don't know what the answer to this is. It, I guess it's more about privacy. Is it important to us? If it is, what are we going to do about it? And the answer is probably nothing. Mm. <laughs> probably absolutely nothing. I know what I'm going to do. What were you going to do? I'm going to go and watch Vintage Spooks and see if I can get some tricks and tips on how to surveil or how to go about being under the radar. They always <laughs> give you a little hint and a trick in, in the BBC Vintage TV series Spooks. I've never watched that one. It sounds good. It's quite dated. But yeah, I bet. You know, the world moves on so fast. I guess for me, I remember talking to a friend a few years ago about, and he's a barrister. At the time, he was, you know, one of these 40 under 40, top of his game. And, um, and he was going through a custody battle with his wife. They were separating and um, her lawyers took his computer. You know, there was nothing much on it, but they found some like porn sites. And basically, you know, I don't know if he'd been watching or he'd been clicking off things, but they constructed a whole case around something that was actually quite innocuous. I think it was that, I mean, I don't know about you, but you know, sometimes you, you're clicking on some website and porn just comes up. No, that never happens to me, Michelle. That never happens to me. Are you joking? It happens to me all the time. I'm That's just... why you know about Edward Penis Hands. Maybe. <laughs> but you know, like you get some dodgy porn site that comes up here like, oh, fucking red tube again, click off, whatever. It doesn't happen to me at all. I, I'm so, that's why I'm so out of the loop when, when it comes to porn. Oh, gosh. Well, it's it's not that I'm like clicking on porn. It just, it literally yes. just comes up. And, yes. and so you click off it. But if somebody was looking through my internet history, they could build a case to say, oh, well, you know, you you were on this porn site, blah, 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 blah. And you're like, technically, I guess that's true because I had to click off the pop-up. Yeah. But anyway, this is what happened to my friend. They built a case around him being an unfit father because um. they they said there was, you know, this link, this link. They didn't find porn on it. It was about links. And he just said, I'm a barrister. I'm the top of my fucking field. And this is scary. What? what can happen because you know the old thing is I why should I be scared about privacy I'm not doing anything wrong well he wasn't doing anything wrong but things can be twisted yeah manipulated 
yeah, that worries me. So mm. anyway, not a lot of laughs here with the privacy thing. But wow, Michelle. I did I did flag this a few weeks ago that I was going to talk about privacy and there it is. You got that out of your system. And maybe what you've done is inspired a few people to buy themselves a Faraday pouch or whatever it is they need to do to put their phones in to stop them from listening or tracking or doing whatever little they feel they need to do just to gain some control back of their lives. Yeah, and you know, I've been thinking for years I need to like start paying for email, like get a Proton account where nothing is tracked, nothing is stored. That's a top tip right there. Thank you for that deep dive into privacy. It's very thoughtful stuff and I'm sure myself and others will be thinking more about that now in the in the, the weeks to come. And people can think also about my pinpricking story and about whether or not they think that's really someone trying to to drug someone for no reason yeah. or are they just sticking a pin in them and then they're just getting really drunk and then thinking, oh my God, I've been drugged. And could it be even the placebo effect? You think maybe they've got a drawing pin stuck in their butt. They've had a Zambuca and then they think, oh my God. I mean, who knows? Who knows? A placebo effect. They think they've been drugged. Do you know what? I will say I did once have something like that happen to me not suck my needle but I did an immersive theatre event and I won't name it because it will give the game away you're not supposed to tell what happens but in one of the things I was on death row and I was wheeled in taken in strapped down this is the first thing that happened to me practically in this immersive theatre event on my own surrounded by actors they strapped me in I could smell like Dettol and antiseptic (gasps) and things. There were people and a a clergyman sitting behind a darkened glass wall. This was my last moments because I was about to be... Oh, my God. uh, ...given the lethal injective. And (gasps) then I started to panic. They were holding me down. I was like, no, don't, no, please. And then I swear to God, I felt that pinprick. I felt like he'd done it. And then I was pushed into the next scene. And for about 10, 15 minutes, I thought, oh, my God, what have they done to me? What have I signed up for here? I was panicking. (laughs) And I felt like my head was spinning and I felt like I was drugged but of course they hadn't even touched me right it was trickery my brain filled in the gaps they my brain filled in the gaps yeah so anyway (laughs) Michelle listen it's time to wrap it up all those pricks so all that we can say now is just please wherever you are whatever you do (laughs) just just keep keep eavesdropping Eavesdropping, 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 e